Welcome to T. Rowe Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Michael Davis, and I'm thrilled to be your host. I've spent my career working to help people build a durable retirement. It is such an honor to do this work, and an even greater privilege to be with the retirement experts we have with us here today. These professionals can help you feel more confident about your own retirement, whether you're planning for retirement or already there. In this episode, we'll discuss different types of IRAs, also known as individual retirement accounts, and how they can be a valuable savings vehicle for retirement. There's a lot of different types of IRAs, and not knowing which option is best for your situation can be a bit of a confidence killer. Today, we'll be talking with two T.R. Price experts who I'm confident can break this down in a way that is easy to understand and apply to your own circumstances. I'm here with Chris Ruby and Roger Young, who are both certified financial planner professionals. Welcome to the show, Roger and Chris. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. Pleasure to be here, Michael. Hey, great to have you here. So let's start with the basics. In general terms, what is an IRA and how does it differ from a traditional 401k plan? I'll start with you, Chris, and then I'll go to Roger. Terrific. Thank you, Michael. As you mentioned earlier, an IRA stands for an individual retirement account. This is an account that is to be owned by an individual for an individual's benefit and also to be registered to that individual under their social security number for tax purposes. IRAs do have a lower contribution limit than most of the retirement savings accounts like a 401k or other retirement plans. However, a 401k is perhaps the most popular and well-known of the retirement plans that one can have through their employer. A 401k is one type of a workplace retirement account where employers can also provide a contribution on behalf of their employees, depending upon the employer and, of course, plan roles. Roger, what are the more well-known types of IRAs that are out there? Well, let's start with the two main types for most people, and that would be a traditional IRA and a Roth. With a traditional IRA, a common benefit is you may be able to deduct contributions from your taxable income, and that's how most people get the benefit. In that case, you're getting a tax benefit up front. Now, you might also hear terms like pre-tax contribution or tax-deferred savings. Both of those terms apply to a traditional IRA, the way most people use them. Now, with a Roth IRA, it's kind of the flip. You don't get a deduction up front. The potential tax benefit is later. Withdrawals that are considered qualified distributions are tax-free. And a qualified distribution in general means that you're over 59 and a half, people have probably heard that age, and you've had that Roth IRA for at least five years. So anything you take out from a qualified distribution is tax-free. You potentially pay no taxes on all that growth that you had in the Roth account. Now, there are limitations on who can make Roth contributions, and there are also limitations on you know, who can deduct traditional IRA contributions. But we can come back to some of the details. I'll let Chris talk about some of the other types of IRAs. Uh, Thanks, Roger. Two other types of IRAs that I very commonly encounter are SEP IRAs as well as simple IRAs with many of my clients. Both are types of accounts that are really a retirement plan that are associated with a business. In some instances, my clients are the business owner themselves, while other times, my clients are simply participating in the retirement plan offered by their employer. In both a SEP IRA and SIMPLE IRA, contributions are made on a pre-tax basis, generally resulting in taxes being paid upon distribution or taking money from the plan. Both also have contribution limits that are 
higher than traditional as well as Roth IRAs. With regards to a SEP IRA in particular, the contributions to the plan can only be made by the employer, subject to certain limits, and not contributed by an employee. Conversely, with a simple IRA, that offers the ability for both an employee to contribute on their own behalf up to certain limitations, while also providing the employer the ability to make a contribution or match on behalf of the employee. Very informative. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm going to stick with you for this next question, Chris. Who can open an IRA? This, this question comes up fairly often. It's actually a very broad answer. Uh, anyone can open up an IRA as long as they have the employment compensation, actually earned income to qualify. Many people can open up an IRA at a bank or other financial institution, a mutual fund company, even some life insurance uh, companies or through a financial professional that someone may have a relationship with. It's a very broad arena where a lot of people have access to these types of accounts, and there's also a lot of people offering these types of accounts. Also with IRAs, as Roger touched on before, they provide a very wide selection of investment options. So a lot of people are very interested in getting into investing or saving for their future. The IRA is certainly a very powerful tool to build into one's planning, and it's important to evaluate not only the investment options, but also some of the fees associated with these accounts as well. I'll stick with you, Chris, for this next question. What are you allowed to invest in through an IRA? Can you buy anything that you want? The IRS actually tells us a little bit more about what we can't invest in rather than what we can. Things like life insurance, they can't be in an IRA account. Some collectibles uh, certainly add a lot of complexity. There are types of IRAs where you can include some of these more illiquid types of assets, but it adds a lot of rules and regulations to those types of accounts. I always think of an IRA as you know, truly providing someone with access to the entire stock and bond market, even mutual fund universes. Roger, how much can you contribute to an IRA? Sure. For a traditional or a Roth IRA, you can currently contribute up to $6,000. If you're age 50 or older, you can make an additional amount that's called a catch-up contribution, and that's $1,000, so that would bring the number up to $7,000 if you're 50 or older. And again, as Chris mentioned, you, know, you do have to have that earned income to contribute. Also, we'll mention in terms of you know, limitations on contributions, there used to be an age limit for contributions to an IRA. Now, since the SECURE Act a couple of years ago, there's no age limit if you have that earned income. I think it's also important to make sure people are aware of, of some other limitations. We talked about you could potentially get a tax deduction from a traditional IRA contribution. Well, that can be limited. Some people can't deduct those contributions. That depends on your income level and whether you also participate in a 401k or employer-based plan at work, and potentially whether your spouse participates in that type of plan. So don't want to get into all the numbers, but you do have to be aware of, of those potential limitations. Similarly with a Roth, you can only make Roth contributions if you're below a certain level of income. I would say you go to irs.gov, which has a lot of details there. With a SEP IRA, as Chris mentioned, the limits on contributions can be a lot higher than with a traditional or Roth. So you can contribute up to 25% of 
of your income or $61,000 in 2022, you know, whichever is smaller. And I know that the calculation is a little tricky. So Chris, maybe you can kind of help us with the caveats that your business owner clients have to deal with with that. Certainly. As always, you want to consult with your tax professional to help sort through some of the contribution limits. You don't want to over-contribute. But one thing to consider is just the expenses that one may deduct from your top-line gross revenue. You just want to make sure that you're using the right numbers to get to that right percentage to make sure that you're not over-contributing into those types of plans. And also, I think as a business owner with a SEP, it's just you, you can contribute a pretty high amount. You got to be a little careful because you have to contribute the same percentage if you have employees. It's nice to make a, a contribution like that, but you want to watch your budget on, uh, on contributions. I work with a lot of very generous business owners, but contributing 25% of one's income to not only their plan, but to that of every single employee may be a little too generous for some businesses. It's always great to work with that tax professional and find the right mix, not only in a SEP IRA, but any other retirement plans that works best for one's own business. Chris, is there a suggested contribution strategy for IRAs? Should investors contribute monthly, beginning of the year, end of the year? What would you say? That's really a tough question, Michael, and it, it's so individualized with a lot of my clients. A lot of those conversations actually really boils down to one's own budget. Do you have the ability to contribute on January 1st in a given year, or does it have to be later in the year after receiving additional compensation? If we were able to predict how the markets would perform in a given year, I could tell you exactly when would be the best time to invest. However, we simply cannot make that prediction. Many of my clients will actually contribute on a systematic basis, and that helps fit into their monthly budget, but also takes advantage of purchasing throughout the year sometimes referred to as dollar cost averaging. With dollar cost averaging, just to kind of expand upon that, it allows the investor to remove some of the emotions and also some of the guessing game with when the best time is to buy. Sometimes the purchases may be made when the markets are down, allowing the purchase of more shares to be made, and other times the markets may be up, so the dollars may not stretch as far to as many shares. But through some of these ups and downs, the investor hopes to achieve a reasonable average cost throughout the year. And by dollar cost averaging, you mean they would contribute the same amount irrespective of market conditions? Yes, that is correct. So in a down market, those dollars, let's call it $100, would go a little bit further, maybe purchase a few more shares. In an up market, that $100 doesn't go as far. So it'd be a less number of shares compared to that down market. It's just important to get the dollars into the account, and over time, that should benefit one that invests. It's just important to make those contributions and to be able to save for one's future retirement. So, Chris, Roger touched on this earlier. Can you take money out of an IRA when you want to do so, and are there penalties if you do that? So you certainly can take the money, but as you mentioned, there are some penalties to be aware of. Taking money out of an IRA prior to the age of 59 and a half may result in tax implications as well as an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty with a couple of caveats. It's important to point out the difference between the traditional IRA as well as the Roth IRA with regards to these penalties in particular. In a traditional IRA, any time that someone withdraws, generally it is fully income taxable plus that additional 10% penalty. With regards to a Roth IRA, 
the basis that you put in is already after tax. So that is not taxable. One thing that Roger had mentioned earlier on, it is subject to a five-year rule. So if you withdraw also within the first five years, you have to pay tax on the gains as well as that extra 10% penalty. Now, I'm, I'm curious, do you also see a lot of people taking advantage of some of the exceptions to the 10% penalty if they take it out before 59 and a half? I don't see it as often, but throughout my career, the most common ones that I've been asked about or have spoken with individuals about, probably first-time home purchase is the one that's at the top of the list. When someone takes out proceeds from their IRA, those funds must be used within the first 120 days after the withdrawal up to a pre-tax lifetime limit of $10,000. So it's important just to know that if there is a substantial IRA uh, balance, it's only that first $10,000 that would come out without that 10% penalty, again, if used for a first-time home purchase. I've also uh, had some experience with educational expenses. Uh, it has to be for a qualified higher education expense, also being excluded from that 10% penalty, along with some of the more unfortunate ones, disability as an example. There's no penalty if it's a total disability and a permanent disability. Also with death, if someone passes away prematurely under the age of 59 and a half, those proceeds can be passed along to the beneficiaries without that early withdrawal 10% penalty. And just lastly, I'll, I'll touch on medical expenses and health insurance. With medical expenses, the way to get around the 10% penalty is if these unreimbursed expenses are greater than 10% of someone's adjusted gross income. So it would have to be a pretty substantial medical expense for that exception to take place. Now, there are a couple other exceptions, but the ones that I just mentioned before certainly are the most common. Roger, Chris talked about differences with respect to penalties. Are there other basic differences between a Roth and traditional IRA? So as I mentioned earlier, in general, you get tax benefits up front with the traditional IRA and later with Roth contributions. And again, we've talked about some of the limitations on deductibility or the ability to make Roth contributions. But in general, people who have low tax rates now who expect to pay higher tax rates in the future when they take the money out, those people should prefer Roth contributions. People who are in higher tax brackets now who expect you know, their tax bracket might be lower in retirement because they might be spending less or they don't need as much income, those people should generally prefer deductible traditional IRA contributions. Now, there are a few other big differences. And generally, I would say these are mostly benefits of using a Roth account. The first is with a Roth, you can always take out your principal, the money you contributed, without any taxes or penalties. And then the second one is, with a traditional IRA, you have to start taking money out when you get to age 72, and that's called a required minimum distribution. And you're generally taxed on those distributions. If you got the tax break earlier, you're taxed on those distributions. With a Roth IRA, there are no required minimum distributions for you. In an upcoming episode, we're going to talk more about the decision between a traditional and a Roth account, including thinking about that over different stages of your life. 
One thing I just wanted to point out, Roger, is since the passing of the SECURE Act back in 2019, I've had a lot of conversations with our clients, especially that are entering retirement, from which accounts should they withdraw proceeds? Is it advantageous to take more money perhaps out of a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA? Because with that SECURE Act, it generally took away the ability for one to stretch an inherited IRA required minimum distribution over one's lifetime. Now they've shortened it only to 10 years. For some of these larger 401k or IRA balances, it can be quite impactful in a negative way from a tax perspective for one's heirs, children, whomever that may inherit that account. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I've done some research on that, and it absolutely would lean more people in more situations towards making Roth contributions because of that change in the law. Excellent. Three-part question for you, Chris. Um, What is a spousal IRA? Can it be a Roth or traditional IRA? And does it work for domestic partners or same-sex couples? The spousal IRA is if there is a non-working spouse, as long as they are married and filing a joint tax return, the non-working spouse could actually qualify for either a traditional or a Roth IRA using the earnings of the working spouse. It's a very powerful tool, just allows a couple in a household to be able to sock away a little bit more money towards eventually retirement. I know you mentioned uh, just about same-sex couples in particular. They also have the ability to open up IRAs, Roth or traditional, as long as they're married. Roger, what is a rollover IRA? So when you leave an employer, you have some choices for what you're going to do with your, your money from a 401k or employer-based plan. And you know, in general, we'll talk about four different options. One is to cash it out. Second is to leave it with your old employer plan. Third is to do what is called a rollover to a new employer plan. And fourth is to roll it into an IRA. Rolling is just kind of a fancy term for moving the money from one account to another account. So each of the options you have with what you do with money from an employer-based plan has its pros and cons. You know, we typically emphasize that you know, cashing it out has major disadvantages. You lose the tax benefits. You lose that progress towards retirement. That's something to really consider and think hard about unless you absolutely need to cash out your money. Those other three options maintain the tax advantages of an employer-based plan. So you want to think about factors like investment options, the costs of those different investment options, control over the money, like we talked about, the individual nature of an IRA, and the the benefits of kind of consolidating your financial life, not having too many things out there. Chris, I'm curious, what do you hear from people in terms of that consolidation and the choices they make? Yeah, you're right, Roger. Many of my clients want to make their financial life as easy as possible and be able to see all of their money in maybe one place or only a couple of places, especially with people changing jobs. So with a lot of my clients, we talk about making it as convenient as possible and perhaps consolidating all of those previous 401ks into an IRA or into their existing 401k, whatever is most advantageous for them. And that's a great highlight because we're going to be talking about what you can do with an old employer-sponsored plan in a future episode. So this has been a great conversation. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground 
and provided a lot of great information for our listeners. Might be helpful to summarize some key takeaways for our listeners. And Raj, I'll start with you. Just a few key takeaways from today's discussion. Yeah, I think for most people, at some point, there's a good chance that you're going to have an IRA. And that gives you full control over your portfolio. My key takeaway would be take advantage of that control. And if you're concerned about not being an expert, consider talking to a financial professional who can help you make the most of that asset and the most out of your retirement through this type of account. How about you, Chris? It's always start early, Michael. Um, I have two young children. I cannot wait for the day uh, that I'm able to make a contribution on their behalf. Again, they have to have the earned income, but uh, just experiencing the power of compounding returns and especially with working with some of our higher net worth clients nowadays. It's all about starting early and just really benefiting from uh, the markets traditionally moving up over time. Uh, The other thing that I would just take away is kind of leverage some of the professionals that are out there, uh, whether it be through podcasts like we're doing today or other resources. Uh, There's a lot of material out there on how to save for retirement, and it's really important to educate oneself uh, with that regard. So it's hard to believe, but our time is just about up here. Uh, But before we go, uh, we think it's always helpful just to have a parting next step or or thought that you would want to share with listeners. And One next step that I took away, Chris, was your point about setting up a IRA for working kids. And my oldest daughter started working, so uh, I'm going to take that as the next step. But other next steps that you guys would put forward for our listeners, I'll start with you, Roger. We've talked about a lot of details here today. But the basics don't need to be all that complicated. Really, the the most important thing is make sure you're saving enough. We tend to suggest 15% of your income as a rule of thumb. And an IRA is a way to help you save. So take advantage of the different tools you have to save for retirement. And Chris, how about you? Absolutely, Michael. It's important to get started today uh, in reviewing one's accounts or even establishing an IRA. Depending upon what financial institution or bank that you may open it through, it doesn't have to be for a lot of money. Uh, A lot of these places require less than $1,000, even far less. So it's just important to get started early, and hopefully over time we can see those balances grow as one continues to contribute. Thanks so much for joining us, Roger. Chris, this has been a terrific conversation. Thanks so much. Thanks, Michael. Hey, thank you. Again, I'm Michael Davis. I want to thank you all for listening. We're going to continue this discussion in our next episode and focus more on traditional and Roth IRAs. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, be well, and I wish you all many confident tomorrows to come. T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you, nor is it intended to serve as a primary basis for investment decision-making. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. The views contained herein are as of the date noted on the material and are subject to change without notice. These views may differ from those of other T. Rowe Price Group companies and or associates.
This information is not intended to reflect a current or past recommendation, investment advice of any kind, or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment services. The material has not been reviewed by any regulatory authority in any jurisdiction. The opinions and commentary provided do not take into account the investment objectives or financial situation of any particular investor or class of investor. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. Consider all available options, which include remaining with your current retirement plan, rolling over into a new employer's plan or IRA, or cashing out the account value. When deciding between an employer-sponsored plan and an IRA, there may be important differences to consider, such as range of investment options, fees and expenses, availability of services, and distribution rules, including differences in applicable taxes and penalties. Depending on your plan's investment options, in some cases the investment management fees associated with your plan's investment options may be lower than similar investment options offered outside the plan. IRAs and retirement accounts should be considered long-term investments. Both IRAs and retirement accounts generally have expenses and account fees, which may impact the value of the account. Maximum IRA contributions are subject to eligibility requirements. Early withdrawals are subject to taxes and possible penalties. For more detailed information about taxes, consult a tax attorney or accountant for advice. Copyright 2022, T. Rowe Price, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price, Invest with Confidence, Retire with Confidence, The Bighorn Sheep Design, and Confident Conversations, Collectively and or Apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated. All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated. Distributor, T. Rowe Price, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, Investment Advisor.